A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. How you day? How you day? How's everybody doing? Today's episode is focused on a couple things, positive discipline and parenting. How exactly can you use the concept of positive discipline to influence your leadership style, your communication style, as well as your parenting style? I really enjoyed talking to Jory McKaysey and Kristen Bill because they really dove into the importance of tapping into significance and contribution, how to address the underlying issues and belief behind certain behaviors how to make sure that you move past this culture of approval junkies that we've built as a world and understanding the different motivators of being human beings today. It was so fun, too, because we had a lot of cross-cultural similarities among us. And the three of us, even though we look different, we sound different, could bond and find common ground over certain experiences. So, Get your leadership hats ready, get your communication pens ready, and get your thinking cap on, because you're about to be edified. Enjoy the episode. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's guests are Joy Marchese and Christina Bill, and they are the authors of a new book, which will be out today, when this podcast is uh, is out, that this will be the day of... um, of release and the book is called Positive Discipline for Today's Busy and Overwhelmed Parent. How to balance work, parenting, and self for lasting well-being. Now we know that with the increasing pressures to excel at home, at work, and at personal relationships, parents often find themselves long on stress and short on temper. So how does one kick the stress and the parent effectively without sacrificing the well-being of themselves and the families? That's what joy and Christina here to talk about. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be on your show, Thank Tyler. you. Thanks for having us. Well, the pleasure is mine. How about you help the audience distinguish between Joy Marchese and Christina Bill? I believe um, <laughs> well, one of you has a British accent, one of you has a New York accent. So who is who? Yeah, that, that makes it easier, really, with the accent. So that's so Christina here. So I'm the one with the British accent, although I am actually Swedish by birth, but I've been in this my adoptive home for a long time. So yeah, that's me. Right, right. And Joy with the New York accent. Living in London for ten years though, but I have not picked up the British accent. Okay, okay. Well, this is a very cross cultural podcast, so I, I want to dive into the stories. Before I, I do, I do want to ask though uh, if, if uh, you're familiar with Rebecca Ferguson, uh, Christina. 
Rebecca Ferguson. Yes, the yes. actress. Rebecca Ferguson is the actress. Of yeah. Disney. Yeah. So she's yeah. Swedish with a British accent. And so you, you remind uh-huh. me. Yeah, I was just like, oh, yeah, just like Rebecca Ferguson. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So. T- I'll take that. Yeah, take it. <laughs> it's great. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, an international spy who's saving the world, you know, for MI6 and, and all over the world. So I love it. But with both of you, uh, obviously, you said you're not living in your uh, uh, passport countries initially. So talk to me about how you both found yourselves in London. Okay, I'll, I'll kick it off since I've been here the longest. So I'll, I'll, I'll claim seniority there. So for me, Tayo, I, you know, as I said, European by birth, Swedish by birth, but my mom worked for the Swedish Foreign Service. So I was brought up in India and in Canada. Mm. And so I had that international kind of flavor very early on and hence did all my schooling in sort of Ameri- in, actually in the American school system. Um, but then I came back to Sweden. I was there for a while and, and wanted to, uh, Wanted to live in the big smoke, if I'm honest. And mm. uh, North America felt a little too far away because all my family is still in Europe. So I opted for London and I've been here now for 20 years. Wow, wow. What's your favorite thing mm. about London? Ah, my favorite thing about London is that it never ceases to amaze me. It never ceases to amaze me. Just the variety we get here in terms of culture and people and things to do. And uh, it, it just astonishes me, really. I, I never get tired of it. Oh. I love that. I love, I love hearing that. Yeah. I love hearing the joy, <laughs> joy in your voice. And speaking of joy, joy. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> what, what brings you to, uh, to uh, you know, London? What brought you to London? Well, what, well, I just have always been drawn to Europe, I would say. So I would say my soul is very European. And um, 10 years ago, I packed three suitcases and miraculously got a visa and arrived in London, ready to go. So um, I also wanted one of my goals was to bring positive discipline, um, which is, was, is based in the U.S. It started in the United States. I wanted to bring it to Europe, Asia, the Middle East. Um, so that was one of my goals moving over. But uh, I now am a British citizen, so I'm very excited about that. Mm. And my daughter... My daughter is French, British, and American, so she she's very lucky because she'll be able to live anywhere in the world one day, hopefully. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, a français? No. Uh, <laughs> I, I always every time I have every time I hear French, I always like oh, I want to practice my French. But th- that's amazing. That's amazing. And I, I look, I share a lot of similarities with you too. And I and this is the reason why I started the podcast in the sense that when I first launched it, I wanted to tackle the problem: why do we live in a globalized world and a digitalized world? And still have problems communicating. Now you and I look mm. very different. I'm black. I'm Nigerian. I'm, I'm a millennial. I'm like uh, just whatever. I have a different accent from where I'm from. And you, you know, mm. Joy, you said you're, uh, you're from from New York, from from America. Christina from Sweden, yep. and then England. Mm. But the one thing that I, I can pick up already here is that you have foreign service for you, Christina. My dad was a diplomat. Um, mm. Joy, your name is Joy. My name means joy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, no worries. I, yeah, I, Tayo is the joy. My full name is Akintayo, and it means a warrior. Amazing. As, yeah, a warrior's brother's joy. That's the name of my my name, uh, meaning of my name. And so there's always the similarities there. Uh, and I, I love I, all the connections. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's so interesting for me. So, but let's let's talk about what both of you do now. So, mm. actually, you know, before that, I want to I want to actually move back because I know the people here that are aspiring authors, aspiring creators. Before we dive into positive discipline, talk to me about how you both met because you talked about joy bringing positive discipline being a motivation for you to bring to Europe. The book is on positive discipline, but 
How did both of you realize that the partnership was going to be this book? Oh, good. Uh, well, it, it started before Positive Discipline, actually, because um, I was one of the first people that Joy um, met professionally when she came over because I was working for a, a training consultancy here because, amongst other things, I do training. I do leadership training in, in the corporate space, and I was working for a, um, a consultancy here. And Joy uh, came over and, and also worked in that consultancy. So we knew each other from very early on, um, we both went sort of our separate ways at that point and, and did other things, but we stayed in touch as friends. Uh, Joy, uh, she, she'll tell you a lot more about positive discipline because her journey is a lot longer with positive discipline. At the time, this was not, uh, this consultancy was not working with that, although Joy was obviously doing that work separately. But my, so my exposure to, to positive discipline came through Joy but not initially working with it, but rather her continually kind of talking to me about it and saying, you've got to learn about this stuff. This is so amazing. This is so amazing. This is so amazing. Um, and at the time, you know, neither one of us were, were parents and we weren't even in relationships. So it was all a bit, for me, a little bit kind of distant. Uh, but then three years ago or two and a half years ago, we, uh, we had a, a potential opportunity to work on this book. And uh, I was, you know, I, I was so honored. Joy uh, came to me and asked if I would be interested in co-writing this book with her because she knew I was a published author and because I had a lot of experience in the sort of in the uh, organizational training and personal wellness space. And that was the bit that we wanted to add. Uh, and of course, we'll get into a lot more about that when we look at the book. But because we wanted this book to be more than just about parenting, it was also it's also kind of like an a one-stop shop really for a busy modern parent so um, so they wanted a third co-author who had that experience and they asked me to come on board and co-write and that's when I started learning about positive discipline and it came parallel with me you know uh, wanting to start a family and therefore thinking well if I'm going to be a parent let me be the best parent I can be so you know Brilliant. I'll go to the I'll go to the source and that was positive discipline wow 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 and uh, enjoy <laughs> uh, why, why, why so keen on bringing this to Europe and writing a book on this? Well, you know, I was really, so I've always been in the field of education. I've been a teacher for 24 years. And um, I was introduced to positive discipline 13 years ago. It was eight years into my teaching career or so. And at the time, you might be familiar with this, um, I was teaching at Rikers Islands. You know the jail, the yes, jail just yeah. off Manhattan? Yeah. It's the largest jail in the Northeast. And so when I tell people that positive discipline saved my life, I really mean it. Because at the time, I was teaching felony criminals, and I was the only teacher that didn't have armed guards in the classroom. And it was a little risky for me to do that in the sense that, it, you know, a fight could break out. But I knew it was the only way that I could establish an environment of mutual respect. So I had to connect before I could do any correcting. Um, and I was also the only teacher that never really had a fight break out in my classroom. So I think that was kind of a test testament to positive discipline and what I was applying in the classroom. So um, I just saw how powerful it could be. And what I also realized is, although I was using it, you know, it was at, at the time a, a program for, to use with children, for parents and for teachers, right, to use in the home and the classroom. But what I quickly realized is that this is a universal philosophy. This is, a, this is something that you use in all of your interactions with human beings. 
so even as adults. So when I found out that really it was not well known throughout the world, especially in Europe, and I knew I wanted to be in Europe, I thought, what better way for me to go and just share this with the world? That was kind of my big vision. Mm. And I do, I do want to share that the, the third author of the book, Dr. Jay Nelson, she's the, the, she's the founder, she's the co-creator of Positive Discipline with um, Lynn Lott. And Jane has been my mentor she has been the person that I just, I've learned so much from her. And, um, you know, I was lucky enough that she said, Joy, if you want to write this book, I'm with you. And, um, you know, that's kind of how it happens. But it, it, took, it took quite a long time because at the time, uh, my personal journey was I had been trying to ha start a family for quite a few years. So I had been putting off writing the book because my focus was on having a family. And it wasn't happening. So I figured, okay, I can't control Mother Nature, but what I can do is put my energy into what I want, manifesting what I want when I'm a parent. So we started writing this book before I was even pregnant. <laughs> mm. um, so I, I feel really blessed and lucky that um, now as a parent, I have this book and I'm living it and it works. So that's really exciting to know that, you know, what we've put out there when you put it into action, it really does, it does work. Oh, wow. Wow. That's incredible. Um, I, I love hearing stories of partnerships like yours and just, you know, having, you know, the, the vision and then you meet sort of the right people and then you put things together. And can you talk about that? It always lights my soul up because that's essentially how this podcast started. Uh, you know, so um, Christina, you and Joy then decided you were going to write this book. Um, Joy already knew about positive discipline, and you were thinking about uh, raising uh, raising a kid. So, uh, can you both? I want to be in the position where you are, Christina, as understanding how positive discipline is different from other parenting methodologies. What is the difference? Yeah, no, and I think that's that's such a crucial crucial question because obviously a parent that's standing there looking at the bookshelf and going, which book shall I choose? You know, what, what is it about this that's different from other methodologies? And the, the key thing to understand with positive discipline is that it focuses on what we call the belief behind the behavior. So it doesn't just focus on behavior because a lot of the, the problem if you focus just on the observable behavior is that you get short-term fixes. And maybe short-term fixes will work, there you are, in the short term. It, they won't actually help the child to learn the sort of life skills and characteristics that they need in order to be successful adults and that you need as a parent in order to have a harmonious home life. And so let me explain just a little bit more what that means, the belief behind the behavior. So uh, if I give you an example, you, you know, your, your child is, is, is whining. And if you as a parent look at that and go, the problem is that my child is whining, what you're doing then is you're focusing on the actual behavior, the, the act of whining as the child is doing. That's actually not the issue. The whining is just a reaction the child is having to some kind of discomfort. So what we then do is we look a lot more at how can you help the child in the moment deal with whatever emotions it's having, but then get to the bottom of why they're having those emotions. So obviously we have lots of tools and, and, and methodologies for how we do that. But very, very briefly put, that's the biggest difference 
that we focus on the belief behind the behavior. And by doing that, you strengthen your role as a parent in understanding what's really going on for your child. And it's only once you can address those underlying issues that you can see sustained behavioral changes, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Focusing on the belief behind the behavior. So just sounds to me like you're saying you recognize that a lot of the reactions that kids might have towards certain things is to a certain discomfort, but maybe parents in the past or parents even to this day normally confuse that reaction to the discomfort as a, just a whole general personality trait. Yeah, personality trait or just or just an annoying misbehavior, you know, that, that they're being demanding or whiny or whatever it is that... It, it, basically fundamentally we'll go you know we can go into a little bit more about adler in a minute who is who is the the, the founding psychologist of this but the the idea is that you have two humans have two fundamental needs and they are to belong and then to have a level of sort of significance or contribution and to belong obviously means that you have you feel a sense of love and appreciation from people around you and that makes you feel secure and then significance or contribution means that you are you have uh, you know a, a, an ability to contribute and be part of and it's value the contribution you make and those two fundamental needs are at the bottom of everything so what we do as as posture discipline practitioners and parents is we look at those two fundamental needs and go okay which one is it that might not be met at this point by the child and then we can look at what it is we can do so going back to the example of the whining, you know, if the child is feeling insecure in that particular moment, maybe her reaction is to whine. And if I stoop down and go, oh, honey, can I have a hug? Then she immediately feels, oh, she feels like she belongs because mommy loves her. Mm. And that will stop the whining because I've addressed the underlying issue as opposed to just saying, oh, honey, stop whining. If you, if you stop whining, I promise I'll do something later or whatever it is that, yeah. that you know, we often do, right? Promise some kind of reward or something, which is another thing we'll, we'll get on to. Okay. Well, Joy, a um, couple questions. Uh, yes. And I definitely appreciate you explaining that, Christina, because that gave me a better glimpse of it. But uh, first mm -hmm. one is anything to add there. And also, I want you um, to dive into just exactly what Christina was saying, but some of the, I guess, alternative principles, you know, and, um, and I know when we talked about questions, there was a, a question about what is wrong with praise and rewards and what are those alternatives. So, just to build on what Christina is saying, where she's helping us realize not to just confuse certain um, symptoms for like the, the causes and, and things like that. I'm curious as to why this is very important for parents to develop, but also what is wrong with the way, way we, as I said, we, I'm not a parent, the way parents in general <laughs> have, um, you know, generally created praise versus reward system. Okay. So just to piggyback a little bit, um, about what Christina shared, you know, there's really, if you, if you wanted to simplify it, there's really two, two kinds of parenting programs out there. Those that depend on an external locus of control. So for example, using punishments and reward systems. Again, like Christina said, they seem to work temporarily. However, they will lead to more discouragement and thus more misbehavior. Then you have the parenting programs like positive discipline that teach an internal locus of control, right? And so that's using something like encouragement. So we want kids to do the right thing when no one's looking. I mean, that's really the kind of character that we want to develop in them. So if you think about 
um, praise and rewards. Now, I when I first started teaching, I was a huge praiser. I, good job, well done, terrific. And I even had a reward chart in my classroom with every student's name, and they would get a sticker when they did something um, that was really good. And when they got 10 stickers, they would choose a prize from the treasure box. Now, I, I was a brand new teacher. I was teaching five and six-year-olds, and this stuff worked. The problem was it would only work in the moment, and then I kept seeing the same kind of misbehaviors but I didn't know what else to do. So I kept doing it just so in those immediate moments, I could have some relief and be able to teach. And it was one day, it was like a couple months into school where we were getting ready for a parent event. And one of the little girls was passing out napkins and cups and it wasn't her job. No one asked her to do it. And I was about to praise her for it and say, good job. So everyone could see, like make a model of her when she came up to me and she put her hand out. And at first I thought she wanted a high five and she looked at me and she said, sticker. And it was like my aha moment. I had a light bulb moment where I said, oh my gosh, I'm teaching these kids like Pavlov's dog, right? Like mm. get the, do the good deed, get the reward. But what happens when those stickers aren't there? Does that mean they'll stop doing good things? Right? So mm. it's only a short term. You know, we don't want them relying on those external rewards. So we always, we always think about what is the child learning? What characteristics and life skills are they learning? They're not really, you know what they're learning from praise and rewards? They're learning to be pleasers and approval junkies, right? Because it's, it's addictive to get the, the praise and the rewards. So their value is based on others instead of knowing that, believing that they can influence events in their own life. So what we do is we use the alternative or one of the alternatives to praise and rewards is encouragement. So what encouragement does is it, first of all, it, it strengthens the connection between the child and the adult or whoever is giving the encouragement and it invites the child to feel capable. So what it does is it teaches the valuable character and life skills and it focuses on the process and not the end result. So let me give you an example. Praise would sound like this. I'm so proud of you. Or all A's, you get a big reward. Whereas encouragement, it's a subtle change in our language that makes a big difference. Encouragement would sound like this. You must be really proud of yourself. Or you worked hard. You deserve it. Can you hear the difference in the language? Hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, okay. Yeah, go ahead. It's kind, of, it's kind of if you're familiar with Carol Dweck's book Mindset, I don't know if you've read it or heard of it. She talks exactly of this. She talks about a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. And when you praise, it develops a fixed mindset. When you encourage, it develops a growth mindset. That's the child that feels they can take risks and make mistakes because they'll learn from it. Right. Whereas a pleaser, a child with a fixed mindset, they're terrified of making mistakes. They want to be perfect because that's how they get the rewards. Mm. Right. Mm. It doesn't mean that parents can never tell their children they're proud of them. Of course they can. But praise is like candy. So a little bit is OK, but too much can actually make you sick. So if you give too much praise, it can create that approval junkie. Right. So, so then just for a reminder, so what are the words you can use to reframe as opposed to praising? How would you 
give feedback? So if you notice in, in praise, it's I'm so proud of you. Oh, you did that just like I told you. It actually sounds like it's more for my own validation, right? Mm -hmm. It makes me feel really good as a parent when my child is doing this. Mm -hmm. When you're giving encouragement, it, the focus is on them. You worked really hard. I noticed how you improved from the last time. Right. You must be really proud of yourself. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you, can I give you an example how you use this with adults? Yes, please. And so, I, I'm very curious in hearing in, in uh, both of you, both of you with your kids as well. So I was going to ask you, that was the next question. But yeah, go ahead with adults first. So for me, the kids are easy because I've been teaching a long time and I practice a lot in the classroom. Right. The adults are the hard part for me. <laughs> but I'll, I, really, I'll give you an example. So when I first, my, my baby is going to be one year as old. So, so I've only been doing this as a parent for a year. But I've been doing it with my husband for a lot longer. And um, it's the hardest with him. But I travel for work. And the first time I went away for work, uh, the baby was a few months old. And the first night I was away, I called up and I said, how did the day go? And he was like, oh, it was great. She took a nap. This is what she drank. You know, he was really excited because he kept her routine. And I was about to say to him, babe, I'm so proud of you. I was so close and I stopped myself. And I said, wow, it sounds like you had a really good day. You must feel really pleased. And he goes, yeah, I am. I'm a great dad. <laughs> and, and he was right. But if I had said to him, babe, I'm so proud of you, it would have been about him pleasing me and getting my approval rather than him being a great dad. Makes sense. That makes sense. You see, right? So yeah. that's just an example of how, you know, our language can make such a huge impact on our connections with others and developing their growth mindset. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, and, and and this is so interesting for me. Thanks for that. Wow, Joy. Uh, this is I love this interview already, even much so much. And Christina, you, you're you're a parent as well. So I'm actually not I'm not a parent yet, Tayo. I'm I'm working on it. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry about that. So, so you're working no, on it. No, that's okay. And 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 then this actually it plays into a question I have. Then how does that make you uh, plan for parenthood, and how does that how does that change your current interactions with other adults right now? Because Everything that Joy was saying is it is it is so necessary in today's world. We, you and I, know all of us, mm. the three of us in this call, know the type of world where we live in, where it's small and big at the same time. Digital media brings everyone together, but then you know they're exposing you know different worldviews and different perspectives, and people act based on um, different opinions, and they already create these opinions uh, about you before sometimes before you even meet them, and so yeah. that makes communicating very different. I'm just curious as to, in your day-to-day -day life, living in an international city as London and dealing with different opinions, how do you approach your impending parenthood and how do you approach your interactions right now with uh, adults? Yeah, you know, th this, is, this is such a good question. And, and in fact, I, I, I was going to suggest to continue that conversation looking at a little bit uh, of, of how positive discipline is actually. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Paralleled in, in the workplace. But before we get to that, let me just address your question. I, my personal belief is that fundamentally, all human beings are the same. On a deeper level, we're all the same. You, I totally agree with you that cultural differences, they are there and they are big and there are all sorts of things that get in the way. But the beauty with positive discipline is because it's based on very sound psychology that goes to the heart of these fundamental needs that human humans have. I think that's what makes it so universal. Just like Joy was saying, that's why you can apply it with your kids and you can apply it with adults, which obviously means you can also apply it with people across cultures. So, you know, and, and actually this goes back to one of the, with the core reasons why we wrote this book and why we have specifically directed this book to parents who are active in the workplace, which of course is the majority of parents these days, right? Because we know that fundamentally, with this fragmented world we're living in, as we were talking about, people need something that works across the board, you know, something that they can apply at home and they can apply it at work. And almost most importantly, they can apply it with themselves because it's too exhausting. If I'm going to have one philosophy for my personal work, another philosophy with my relationships and a third philosophy, you know, with, with, my, with my professional self. That gets exhausting for people. And, and one of the reasons why, you know, I, I, this fits so well into the work I was doing, because I, I didn't have the same background, and I don't have the same background as Joy and Jane being, uh, Joy being an educator, and Jane is, you know, is a doctor in, in child psychology and a family therapist. I didn't have that background at all, but my background has been all about working with adults and understanding the human condition. What is it that motivates and drives human beings? That's always been my fundamental driving force. And when I came across positive discipline, you're absolutely right. My, my prim primary thing was, oh, I want to become the best possible parents I can be. Mm. So let me, let me find, you know, and, 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 you know a, a philosophy that really works. But it also surprised me how incredibly applicable it was across the board and how much it has helped me both personally and professionally. And to give you an example of that, we were talking earlier about praise and reward. So we have exactly the same issue in the workplace, right? The organi organizational challenge at the moment, one of the biggest ones, is that organizations are having problems in how to motivate people. They just don't understand how to do it, particularly the younger generations, you know, millennials such as yourself, or even the generation after Generation Z, you know, which no one, everyone's really freaking out about how, what we're going to do with them, you know? <laughs> Which, of course, it's silly, but that's a slightly different, different conversation. But the point being that organizations are having big problems motivating people. And that is because we still have an outdated idea of what motivates people is the good old-fashioned stick and carrot. You know, it's that thing of some kind of withdrawal of privileges or and a huge bonus at the end of, you know, at the end of hard work. And, you know, you have people such as Dan Pink and Simon Sinek who are really active in this space and who are talking about actually those things don't work because they are effectively the same thing as, as, 
as punishment and reward that we talk about in this, in in um, in positive discipline. So we know it doesn't work with children. Well, actually, hello, it doesn't work with adults either. But what, what we know does work with adults is when we motivate them intrinsically, when we give them things like autonomy, when we encourage them to master a skill. You know, those are the sorts of things that give adults, uh, uh, you know, motivation in the workplace. And they are the same thing as encouragement. And that's what I find so fascinating. So for, for the last three years, you know, I bet you my, my corporate coaching has become so much better because behind the scenes I'm applying a lot of positive discipline and, and really helping people in the workplace realize that they are approval junkies. They are standing there kind of hat in hand going, oh, yes, boss, please tell me I've done a good job. And then at the end of the day, they realize, why don't I feel so good about what I do? You know, so it's, it, there are just some really, really fascinating parallels with what's going on in in uh, you know in leadership and and uh, motivational theory. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's increasingly uh, b- becoming a, a trend for sure. And uh, even what's even uh, continuing to be a trend is the similarities between the three of us. So I I run a diversity and inclusion firm. I do a lot of organizational culture, and when I talk to CEOs and leaders, directors, managers uh, on leadership on all levels, um, that approval junkie. Um, Thin does show up, and mm. a lot of times the things that we've noticed that have worked as uh, that have been successful is when you give people ownership of projects or ownership of something, and when someone can say, "Because of me, I did this. I know how I contribute to the bottom line." And exactly, not, yeah, and and that even actually ends up being more impactful than say or pay raise because. Mm. They're like, I'm actively contributing. We spend most of our lives in the workplace or, or school. And so yeah. if, if that's why I love what you're doing here because I know parenting is, is a lot as a lot of what the book is focused on, but balancing the work is there as well. And if people can apply this to their everyday lives, I'm I'm hoping that other leaders can see how they can then empower anyone they come into contact with and show them how that it's about making sure that that person ends up using the best skill sets they have and you being a guide to, towards that. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, what you're describing there is more of a coaching style of leadership, which we know is what's required, more higher emotional intelligence, a coaching style of leadership. All those things are effectively what a positive discipline parent is. So going back to what we talked about earlier about understanding the belief behind the behavior, engaging with your child, all of that trains you to become a, a good coach. So you're kind of doing the same thing. And of course, there's more to it being a parent. There's a lot more to it. But you, you're kind of doing the same thing. And if you're empowering your team members at work, they take ownership of what they do. They're self-motivated, self-directed. Good. Then you can relax and get on with what you need to do. If you're empowering your children at home by getting them involved in routine charts and chores and family meetings and all these great things that we do in positive discipline, well, guess what? That means that you can get on with other things that you need, such as your self-care or quality time with your partner or whatever it is. Yeah, 100%. No, I, gosh, I, I'm really excited. September 11th, you listen to this podcast. This is this is something you should get. You definitely get this book. Um, and make sure you gift it to all your friends because I think they're – there's definitely something that um, uh, anyone can learn from this. So um, we talked about the importance of this, the difference between this and um, you know uh, other types of parenting as well as how it applies to the workforce. But do you have a belief that um, you know there are different styles that could? I'm thinking of a scenario where two parents have different parenting styles, or 
or people have different values, essentially. You know, some people believe, for example, that you have to spank your kid uh, and you have to make sure that that, you know, every time they do something wrong, you, you, you know, you, you hit them. And then some people believe that, no, you have to be more encouraging. And like, and so there's just different. And I grew up in Nigeria where it was a rite of passage to show how many times belt marks <laughs> were all over your face. Mm. It would be considered abuse here. I know that. But <laughs> when we were younger, we were like, yo, yo, this is, mom broke this on me. <laughs> and that sounds horrible to say now, but I'm just, that's an extreme scenario where they're different yeah. parents. That was what happens there. Were you hit by wooden spoons as well? Oh, I, I was hit by every <laughs> single thing because I was the most, I'm the oldest of three boys on the, <laughs> and I was very, very um, opinionated like I am now. And uh, I just didn't necessarily agree with just getting in trouble for expressing my opinion. And uh, Nigeria is a culture where there's a huge <laughs> emphasis on um, uh, respect for the elders. And I, I yeah. did respect my elders, but sometimes if I had an opinion, I was like, I want to say it too. So it was just a lot of that. And, um, and my mom and I, we always joke about it because... Uh, <laughs> It, it was always interesting where she's like, she's, she's just going to take it out I, and bring the belt out. And I was like, okay, I, I'm in trouble. But that was me, yes. It's not yeah. very popular right now, actually, in in our generation. But it was interesting that I didn't necessarily see it as a negative thing. And now it is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I'll mention something just quickly about parenting styles. But then I think we, you know, Joy, I, I know you've got a lot to say about the long-term consequences of parenting, which I, which I think is really important here. But just, just a brief note on different parenting styles, because, you know, uh, it, it, most people, let's be honest, have slightly different parenting styles, such as one parent might be a little bit more strict and another parent might be a little bit more permissive and so on. The the key isn't really to try to change your partner. You should never try to do that because, you know, you're with your partner for a reason. You need to respect their reality. But what we encourage uh, couples to do, though, is to have some shared positive discipline tools that they apply in the home. And if they do that consistently, interestingly, the differences in the parenting styles are likely to have less effect Because if you, for example, say something like family meetings, which is one of our key tools that we suggest all families should have. When when kids have reached approximately the age of four and onwards, you have a weekly meeting and you deal with any issues that have cropped up and you plan for the future and you talk about all sort of different things uh, that that the family needs to discuss. And it, it follows a particular format. And I won't go into detail about that now, but it's a very, very effective way of of laying some ground rules within the family. And if those ground rules are there, it actually makes it easier then for the parent to just be who they are because some common rules have already been agreed upon, if that makes sense. So, so that's sort of what we, what we say is, so we always say to people, don't stress too much if you're very different. It's fine. Differences are good. Uh, just try to find some, some crucial areas where you can agree. And of course, most importantly, don't openly disagree in front of your children because then they will start to manipulate the situation because that's what children do. You know, it's just natural. And you try to play the parents off each other and that sort of thing. So that's just a little bit about parenting styles. But yeah, Joy, about sort of the long-term consequences <laughs> of parenting. I think that, that, that really tallies in here. Well, I, I, I want to piggyback a little bit on the parenting styles. You know, so much of positive discipline has to do with communication and how you communicate with, with your children, but also each other as, as parents. 
And, um, you know, my husband is, he's French and I'm American, so we're culturally different. Um, he's a millennial and I'm not. <laughs> and so there's, there's generational differences with us. And, um, you know, we were, he's an only child and I'm, I'm a child. I had, I have two siblings. So I think we were raised very, very, very differently. Um, and of course, how you're raised plays into a lot of the time how you're parented how you are parenting. So typically people, because there's no course in parenting, although we do have a course, but most parents are not taking a course in parenting. And what happens is they tend to either parent the way they were parented or the exact opposite because they're resentful of how they were parented, mm. right? So when our baby was first born, you know, my husband said, oh, you know, my mom said, well, you know, we, we, we just, you know, they just let me cry and, and, I, and I learned to stop crying. And I said, well, we need to talk about this because I don't believe in doing that, you know, and there was things kept cropping up and, and really it just comes down to that communication. Him and I both have very different temperaments and very different personalities and that plays into our parenting. But we have agreed on the philosophy and how we are going to raise our child. And, that, and as Christina said, that's what really matters. Um, so, so, so that's a, a key component. And I, and I will, I do want to address, because you brought up the spanking, because I get asked in parenting classes all the time about spanking. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, because a lot of parents will say, but I was spanked and I turned out okay. And, and I can understand why they say that because I, my, my, my mother and I are like best friends. She's, she's like my favorite person in the world. But she used to hit me with wooden spoons. And, and you know, one time I, I bought a dozen spoons for Mother's Day from Ikea and put a big red bow. And I said, Happy Mother's Day. This is to <laughs> replace all the spoons she broke over my bum growing up, you know. And we laughed about it. But it didn't impact us. But what I tell parents is, first of all, what is the child learning? when you hit them. Essentially, they're learning to hit, right? Yeah. They're not learning, they're not learning self-regulation, they're not learning to be patient, they're not learning empathy, they're learning to hit. So in positive discipline, we always go back to what are the, what is the child learning? That's a key piece of positive discipline. Because if we always ask parents, what are the characteristics and life skills? So when we talk about, you know, the long-term consequences of our parenting choices, the first thing we ask parents is, what do you want for your children? When they walk in your house as a young adult in their mid-20s, hopefully they've moved out by then, it, when they come into your home for, you know, a Sunday dinner, who's the person you want them to be then? What are the characteristics and life skills you want them to be equipped with? Right, we, we map that out from day one. And then as we go through different tools, we always ask, what was the child learning? You know, we put the parents in situations where they're role playing the child and we ask them, what were you learning? And if they weren't learning any of the characteristics and life skills that they've listed, there's probably a better way to do it. So from punishment, are they learning responsibility and respect actually they're learning the opposite so the, going back to what the child is learning is a really important um key to kind of the roadmap of parenting yeah yeah wow so joy you again another similarity i i, I was talking about this with my youngest brother he's 18 uh we were talking i was like i knew early on and i was not i was not gonna hit my kids and 
even though I always say it made me, you know, people always, there's that saying, it made me who you are, you know, that I, I was looking back and re- revisiting all that. And I was like, a lot of things I got in trouble for, I feel like they were just me being kids, me being a kid. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, I feel like if I wasn't, if I didn't, my mom is great. She's like me and her have the same relationship with you. Uh, your mom, we're, it's, it's, we're very, very similar. We're very close. Um, if there wasn't a reassuring, reassuring, uh, reassurement on our part to tell me, like, this is how to grow. This is how to do that. I often wonder what would have been the case because I was in a position where we were in different continents a lot of times. And oftentimes I was the pseudo parents because my brothers will, were looking to me for guidance. And if mm. I didn't have some sort of, you know, assurance from my mom and dad that you can sort of show people that you can make mistakes and grow, I wondered if I would have done the same thing to my brothers and just lashed out anytime I felt like they did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I do think about that. And, and, you know, that sense of emotional intelligence, I was forced to have that because I was always the minority everywhere where I was. And so that, you know, it's, it's such an interesting point that you bring up because I don't think, I think I would rephrase it now. I'm not sure that the spankings necessarily made me who I was. It's more me being in all these areas where I was the minority and understanding the idea of being excluded and finding ways to be included. I was like, huh, these are skill sets you need to apply to parenting. Yeah. And, you know, you brought up a really important point that it's one of our main principles and tools in positive discipline. Mistakes are opportunities to learn. Right. Mm -hmm. So we teach through mistakes. Mistakes are huge. So when parents are faced with challenges with their kids, I go, yes, celebrate it. What, what characteristics of life skills, what are you going to teach them in this moment? It's an opportunity. Instead of seeing it as, my kid is bad. Why are they doing this to me? Wow. And I, th- I think the other thing that's so interesting to add there is it, uh, you, you, you were both, you were saying you were both spanked. I was not spanked as a child, but that, you know, but you two both say you were and you say you, you both ended up okay. But the reality is that every child reacts completely uniquely to whatever experience they're yeah. having. And that's something else we talk about in positive discipline. You can't assume just because you had a particular experience as a child that your child will re- react the same way. You yeah. can't even assume that just because you have an older child and they reacted a certain way that the younger one is going to react exactly the same way. The lessons they learn will be unique to them because they have their own unique temperament and their own unique worldview. And that goes back to this thing that we say, that's why you have to always go to the belief behind the behavior. You can't make assumptions. So that's just something I wanted to add to to that thing of, of you know, which tallies on to another thing that I wanted to add, which is this thing about age-appropriate behavior. So you said there, Tayo, at one point, you know, when you think back on it, you were like, well, I was just being a kid. And that's such an important part as well. And we talk a lot about that when we say as a parent, you need to also understand about the human brain a little bit, the development of the brain and understand that a lot of behavior and stuff that kids get up to from an adult point of view, it might look like misbehavior. But from a child's point of view, they're just learning how to explore the world and how to use whatever resources they have. And they can't necessarily analyze the world and understand the same cause and effect, for example, that you can as a parent, because their brain isn't, it isn't developed yet. So a lot of behavior needs to be seen from the point of view of, is it age appropriate behavior? And that's another such a crucial tool that we give to parents to help them understand what their child is going through. Oh my gosh, this is so brilliant. I love this. I love that. And and yeah, you're right. This is very, very, it's an important skill set. The point that you Mm. brought up about 
kids, no matter whatever the background is, you can't make that assumption that just because the older kid did no. that or just because of mm. generation, uh, because at the same, by the same token, it, it, you know, my, my, my parents always say, I don't know why you turn into this because every negative thing that happened to me as a kid, mm. I mm. was naturally pre, predispositioned to thinking, oh, opportunity, opportunity. You know, I grew up in a mm-hmm. dictatorship, uh, opportunity for me to create inclusive environments. I grew up, uh, you know, with the mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to do that as a parent. But there are other people that have complete opposite reactions and they cite the same reasons I had for why. They exactly. Turned out. <laughs> yeah, so, so exactly. I'm like, oh, oh, OK, well, maybe I should yeah. have said that. So that's, mm-hmm. that's such an interesting point you bring up. Um, Ah, wow. I could talk to both of you all day, but we do have, we do have to, we do have to close. So can you talk about the book, where they can find it? And, um, I'll have a final question for you too. Okay. Well, they can find the book everywhere that books are sold. Um, obviously, uh, done both in the U.S. and in the U.K., Barnes and Noble, um, Christina, you want to add more? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> obviously. The, the, the online platforms, you know, like Amazon and so on, Waterstones, which is a big chain here in the UK. So we have uh, UK and US uh, will be available everywhere. And then very excitingly, because I know you have international listeners as well, it, it will be coming out in, at the moment, we know China, Korea, Brazil, and Poland, I believe. Yep. So, you know, we are, we're trying to s- spread the message worldwide. Awesome. Awesome. And it's a very important message to spread worldwide. Um, it's a very pivotal time in our, in our history. And I think, you know, it's great for parents. It's great for leaders. It's great for just people in general to understand the ability to really interact with people. I think it's the most ironic thing. We live in a very paradoxical time where you have tools to connect, but a lot of us are still learning how to connect. And this is a great tool to just learn how to bring out the best in others. So I love that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, the final right. question is yeah. this. This is my mission statement This is for both of you. My mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. This is why I do what I do with my company and the podcast. Um, so how do you, Joy, and uh, Christina, use your differences to make a difference? I'll start with you, Joy. How do I use? I, I need a moment. If Christina is ready to go, I'm going to let her answer. <laughs> okay. I'm for a moment. I'll, 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 I'll make a go of that. So, so, you know, Tayo, I mentioned at the start of this conversation, I mentioned, you know, my international background and not just that, but I'm also a, one of these people who have a, a multi-career, you know, I work creatively as well in, in music and acting and so on and personal development and all the rest of it. And when I was younger, I always felt extremely fragmented. You know, I had all these different international influences and all these different personal desires and, and abilities and skills, and it all felt like it was pulling in different directions. The way I use my difference to make a difference is that I now realize that I'm actually a bit of a leading light because the majority of people today are looking for their individuality and they're looking not to fit in and not to do what everyone else is doing, but to find their own uniqueness. And I think that's what I was doing. So now I'm just trying to use all of my differences to encourage people to go, you're not just one thing, you're all these wonderful things. And that's what makes you whole as a person. Oh man, yes, I, that that's exactly the answer I would have given. Wow, <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, no, wow. And what about you, Joy? So I, I mean, mine's a little bit different um, because uh, I would say for me, um, I did things a little bit backwards as far as you know. I wrote a parenting book before I became a parent, 
and uh, and for me, I think I had a really difficult journey becoming a parent. But it is that journey that gave so much to the book that we wrote. So in the end, you know, it took five years for me to become a parent. You know, many rounds of IVF, many losses, and in the end, you know, getting a, an egg donor who I wish I could just hug and, and thank this person for giving me this little miracle. But all of what I went through to make that happen was living everything that we put in the book. So even before I became a parent. So um, I would just say it, that there is no one way and there is no perfection. Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of people are struggling with. So, you know, my my message is to just be honest, be be truthful, put it out there, and and share my story, and hopefully help others in the process. Oh wow! Both very powerful ways to make an impact. And um, wow, I, I, I want the time. The time has flown by. The hour has flown by already. I know uh, it has. It has. <laughs> it's been such a good conversation. You, Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. You, you two make it. You two make it easy. Um, I'll definitely make sure I put all this in the show notes. Uh, I'm going to make sure I time this with the launch of your uh, of your book. So hopefully we're able to add some sales there. But I want to thank you too for taking the time, creating uh, a resource, and also doing the research uh, for people like mm -hmm. us and the listeners here to really grow from. Well, look, it, it's 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 reciprocal, Tayo. I, I also want to say I think what you're doing is fantastic. You're you're doing the same thing. You're you're using your uniqueness in in a really really great way, and and I and I applaud you for it. I think that's brilliant. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That's very humbling to hear. Um, and we're grateful for you having us on. We really enjoyed it. Ah. <laughs> well, thank and listen, Tayo, this will excite you. Uh, this has been the first interview we have given about the book. What? Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm definitely excited, yeah. and uh, I, I hope uh, it it's only a sign for more exciting things to come for you. So um, that's great. No, I'm so excited to hear that. That's good. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Uh, Thank you for for having us on. No, it's it's a real pleasure. And um, once again, I'll put all this in the show notes. But I want to thank you both for coming here. This has been a great uh, 50 minutes to an hour, and um, I really really appreciate the work you're doing. Thank you so much. Right. Thank you, Tayo. Yeah, God Thanks. bless and take care. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, <laughs> use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.